Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is July 8th. July 8th. We are, wow. Wow, we are moving along. Um, it was July 4th week, so it was a little bit quieter this week. But yeah, so July 4th uh, kicked off on Monday, so it was a little bit quieter in the in the Microsoft world. But there was actually a lot going on, especially as we approached the Windows 10 anniversary update. So I want to kind of dive in here, but let, first let's take a couple of logistical things out of the way. Uh, Microsoft's Worldwide Partner Conference kicks off next week. Kicks off, kicks off next week. Uh, I am going. I am leaving on Sunday. Uh, the event runs from, let's see, it starts technically Sunday, uh, but the keynotes start on Monday. And let's see, they go through Wednesday, and I'm actually leaving um, after the keynote on Wednesday. But one of the cool things that is going on is there's a, a meetup and all that stuff. And actually, Donna, uh, the person who took over for our, our beloved friend, Mr. Gabe, uh, will be there. Actually, we're going to meet up, and we've been chatting quite a bit on on Twitter, and I've really been following what she's been doing, and so I just want to kind of address that real quick for a second. So when she started, it was obviously very much different than Gabe. Like when Gabe took over this uh, role, or actually, I mean, really, he founded this role. Gabe was kind of like this Buddha up on a mountain, and he just, he proclaimed down wisdom, and he was very calm and collected, and you never saw him show, I mean, he showed emotions. Obviously, he loves what he was doing, but he he was just kind of like this calming voice from the mountains. And I, I think Donna's personality is more of somebody who's running around in the fields, making things happen, um, cultivating, and doing all that stuff. And it's just a really different personality, and I am coming around to what she's doing, and I do think that she's a good person for this role. Uh, it's just taken some time to, to make that shift from Buddha Gabe down to, uh, to Donna. And so she seems very well qualified, and I'm very excited to meet her and to hang out and to get to know her better and see what kind of her visions are for her position uh, and leading the Windows Insider. You're going to remember, last figure they told us was around 7 million. So there's 7 million insiders like myself and probably a lot of people listening. And just where is she going to take the program? What's, you know, what's the next evolutionary step? So also going to the Worldwide Partner Conference with me, um, Paul will be there to my dismet. No, I, I love hanging out with Paul. We always have a good time. Paul will be there. Mary Jo Foley will be there. I believe they're actually recording Windows Weekly uh, live from WPC. So that should be a lot of fun. And there is a meetup on Monday night. I believe it's Monday night. So if you're in Toronto next week, uh, you know, let me know. It will be interesting for me because my cell phone won't work. And I don't think I'm going to grab a local SIM and go through all the that jumping of the hoops but you know i'll be on the wi-fis and hopefully be able to respond because i i like to think that i'm fairly well responsive to people when they reach out especially on twitter and email and all that good stuff so if i'm a little slower next week um you obviously know why other things james moore asked on twitter before the show he wanted to know an eta for threat premium for the videos news reviews etc kind of what's coming next and so i can't give an exact date for a number of reasons. One, um, developer would kill me if I put a public timeline out there uh, because it is, it's really, Tim is spearheading the development efforts. He's a great guy and he's making good progress. I've seen what's going on. Number two, there's something else coming before some of this premium stuff. And I don't want to, I'm not even going to hint about what it is, but you should get excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then I know that we're, we are working very hard on getting uh, premium articles, just the mechanism up in place. Because you have to remember, like, we can create the content. But we actually have to have the mechanism in place to deliver it. So that's in process. Everything is coming. And we should start to see some stuff here, hopefully fairly soon, rolling out. 
Um, it's, it's just going to be a rolling out process with a kind of big hoopla launch at the end, but we are making good progress and going there. And so Bart is asking in the uh, comment section, so are we building an app? And so this is, to be honest, this is something we have gone back and forth on quite a bit. And I'll just be completely blunt here. So we are a small team. And to develop an app, we can't just build one app because if we imagine this scenario, imagine that Threat Premium launches an iOS and Android app only, or just an iOS app, or just an Android app. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because we are a lot. We're very heavy in the Microsoft world, and we would love to have a Windows 10 app. So essentially, we have to launch three apps, which means we have to develop, in theory, at least one developer to build those three apps. And so that's a lot of time. And I'm not ruling out that we would never do it. I'm not ruling out and saying that we are doing it. I'm just trying to make it, the realities of being a small development shop is that it's a lot of resources to build and maintain three apps. And so in my opinion, this is me speaking and not the development team, it makes sense. We got to get all the features up and running. And then once we have that done, then we can revisit the app scenario. Um, I like apps. I do. I uh, we just got to find to make sure that we're delivering the right value first, and then we will move to that extensibility model to, to making a better experience on the phone. I totally understand why people want apps. We've gotten a lot of those requests, and it is very much on our radar. So that's what's going on. Yep, just trying to be honest, Bart. I mean, I, I don't really shy away from anything. And so, you know, any other questions, feel free to email me and whatnot. But uh, we're going to dive in. So one of the things, actually, speaking of video um, you guys can't tell right now, but there is a massive new light on me. And so I actually, we're starting to build out the studio, which somebody already commented the wall. So this wall is going to look like this right up until right before it's done. Because the, the way the wall is structured, you have to build it in a certain way. They're like Lego pieces. And, and there's something, I got to mount something to that wall which means I can't do the other pieces. You can see the pieces down below. They're cut, they're ready to go up, but I need every component before I can lay those final pieces. So it's going to look like that for a few more weeks. But anyways, there's a brand new light above me. I actually got three of them, uh, and they are ridiculously bright. And this is all just part of the new studio. So we have this great new camera. Right now I'm using a Logitech C920. Great camera, but it's it, there's a lot of limitations. Like if I'll show you here in a second one. So this is going to be our new podcast camera for when Paul and I launch. Uh, it's a Canon XA35. Great piece of equipment. Learning how to use it. And this is something we won't be using because I bought it by mistake. An H264 recorder. Um, not what I need. So that's going back. But what are we going to use videos for? So check out this guy. So here's like one of the limitations of the C920. See how it like can't focus on this bright object. And if you do, then everything else gets washed out and blah, blah, blah. So this is an original kin still in the box, still with everything. I did open it, um, but we're going to do an unboxing. We're going to do a throwback Thursday for the original kin here. So there we go. I'm excited to play with this thing, but I got to get everything else done so I can actually record it and get all that stuff. But yeah. So, cool. Uh, that's kind of what's going on. And remember, July 4th, I was just reading through my show notes. Monday, slower week. But anyway, so one of the things, kind of a interesting, I don't know, footnote or whatever. So a company called Viclone. You're probably wondering why I'm talking about Viclone. Uh, Viclone is shutting down. Now, the only reason this is of any interest to most people here is that Microsoft actually partnered with them, I mean, partnered loosely, to do an HTML5 demo in IE11. 
So IE11, uh, this is way before Edge. This is uh, Windows 8, I believe, timeframe. I don't think it was Windows 7. I believe it was Windows 8. And Microsoft partnered with a bunch of different sites or companies, starting companies, small startups, whatever, to show off what you can do in HTML5. And Viclone was a multi-cam recording studio on the web. So let's say you and a friend were both recording with uh, Viclone app, and you have one over here, one over here. The app and the website would combine those two videos so you could have a multi-cam setup. But apparently it didn't work out. Like many startups, I know the struggles. Uh, it, they're shutting down. So Viclone, if, if any of you really went deep into that route with the IE11 stuff, it's going away. Other things that are going on this week, Microsoft announced AppSource. AppSource. So this is um, solving a major pain point they had actually in the corporate world. So Microsoft does a lot of extensibility with like Dynamics, Office 365. They have they have enterprise line of business apps, but like many things, Microsoft Store, there was no good way to do things. Like, like you can't, you still cannot buy Office 365 through the Windows Store. You can't buy Xbox Live. You can't do a lot of that crap. So Microsoft built this website called AppSource, which makes it very quasi easy to find a enterprise businessy app uh, through a search engine. But it's not an actual store. So it's there. To me, it's like a middle ground before they fully solve the issue. But it's there if you need it. I think they actually grabbed AppSource.com, which I'm assuming they probably paid a premium for or they bought a very long time ago. So that's AppSource. Now, here's some cool things coming along. We are making headway. We act like I'm compiling these builds. Uh, Windows 10 is getting very close to RC stage, RTM stage. And if you get someone to say RTM on video, let me know. I'll buy you a drink. Because uh, they're not... Microsoft PR people are public facing people go through a lot of training and RTM is a word they're no longer allowed to say. So get them, get somebody to say, but anyways, um, they're making good progress. As I, if you follow on Twitter as uh, like Sunday or Monday or whatever, I said, Hey, the watermark's gone from internal builds. Lo and behold, we get an insider build yesterday on Thursday and the watermark is gone. So what does this mean? This really means that Microsoft is now checking in the final bits. And when I say check in the individual development teams, check in their uh, updates to the, uh, main branch, which goes out to us or RS1 branch. And then uh, that becomes the final build. So because this was happening, everyone's like, hey, this is the RC stage. And, and myself, you know, I kind of believe this as well. And Donna's like, no, these aren't quite RC builds, but they're like basically RC builds. If you're checking in final bits, you're removing watermarks. While this may not truly be a release candidate uh, build, we are extremely close. And now, so I had heard internally that uh, the sign-off is targeted for next week, that next week they're going to um, do a build. So let's just jump back for a minute. The week before Microsoft signed off on uh, Windows 10, the original Windows 10, Gabe pressed the button three times in one week. It was like a Monday, Wednesday, or Mike, Monday, Tuesday, and I think Wednesday. And then they ended up selecting, I believe, one of those builds. So I am expecting next week that we're going to see a bunch of builds. And what the Microsoft will do is they'll compile a build, label it on RC, ship it. Compile another one, label it on RC, ship it. Compile another one, label it on RC, you know, processor repeat. And what they do is they look at the metrics on the back end and look at if there's any major issues with the release. And then they will pick one, and then they gets the big sign-off, and that becomes the insider, or the actual build that will go out on August 2nd. So... This is a very big deal. Reason being, there's 350, 350 million 
people running Windows 10. So if they put out a build that has that impacts 1%, that's 3.5 million users. So their tolerances for what is acceptable bug, uh, what they call a bug bar, uh, it has to be extremely low at this point. It's not like an insider build where it infects at maximum 7-ish million users, but I bet there's even less than 7 million on the fast ring. Which, speaking of the release preview ring, somebody asked about when that would get the update. I have no idea. Microsoft doesn't really use release preview ring all that much, let alone do they barely use the slow ring. So I can't imagine that that's going to go on. But we are very close. So next week should be very exciting. And hopefully, I'd, I'd love it if Microsoft would actually like announce that they've done all this stuff. But usually they, they wait a few days after the official like internal things. So that is what's going on. Um, one of the other things, actually, Paul got, the, got to the bottom of this. Not too big of a surprise. If you have a Windows 10 Mobile, uh, where's mine? I always like to hold them up for whatever reason. Windows 10 Mobile, and you have not upgraded to Windows 10 yet. On July 29th, the free upgrade offer does not go away. Uh, there was a little bit of confusion. Microsoft's like, hey, the free update offer goes away. Um, but not really. It doesn't ever go away for mobile users. They're saying that just like all mobile updates, it'll be free for the life of the device. And there you go. So if you're on a mobile, you don't actually have to update. Although if you're still running Windows Phone 8 at this point, um, you're either just not aware of Windows 10 Mobile uh, your device isn't supported and you got the shaft from that perspective, but whatever. Um, other things that have gone on this week, kind of jumping out of the Windows world here for a second. Uh, Paul called me from his Chromebook and Skype audio now works on a Chromebook if that's your thing. And that's that's really about it. I don't Microsoft is now supporting Chromebooks a little bit more, but yeah, I, Paul calls. I died a little inside and life goes on kumbaya. So... I don't know. I'm curious. I've never really used a Chromebook for more than, I don't know, about an hour. I would be I'd be real curious to see how they, they function the real world. I know people who have them love them. But anyway, speaking of Skype, Microsoft announced this week also Skype meetings for... They just called it Skype meetings, but let's be real here. This is a Skype meetings thing for small and medium businesses. Um, and I would hedge to bet it's only for small businesses. So what this is... Is some people are labeling it as like a Google Hangouts competitor. What it allows you to do is to create a Skype meeting online. You Only one person has to have a Skype account. You can send the link and then uh, people can join up to 10 people and they don't have to have a Skype account, which is the key benefit here. So if you're a small business and need to host a meeting, you shoot them a link and hey, there you go. They can join in and no software needed other than uh, a, you know, a web connection browser and a webcam and a mic. That's the only benefit, but no Skype software. But there's a huge, huge caveat with this. Microsoft is only letting you invite up to 10 people for 60 days. After 60 days, you can only invite three. At that point, it becomes really, really worthless. Um, so I don't really know what their intentions here are. If they were just like, ah, this will be great. But I, here's what I really honestly think it is. They know that after 60 days, if you're hooked on this, they can get you into Office 365. That's really about it. Is Office 365 has these features, has a more robust platform for this. And they're like thinking like, hey, if we can get someone using Skype meetings for 60 days, I bet we can get them into Office 365. And that's it. Because after 60 days, you can only invite two other people, which, yeah, I mean, it's beneficial, but it's really not great. I mean, that's a pretty strict limit. So that's out there running around. It's available now if that speaks to you, but whatever. 
Okay, um, jumping into July 29th. So July 29th will be here in what? About 21 days. So three weeks. Three weeks. If you have not upgraded to Windows 10, I don't know what you're doing. You're probably not listening to this podcast, would be my bet. Or you're in the enterprise world and you can't because it's beyond your control. But whatever. July 29th, the free update goes away. And that's not really, we've known about that for a while. But Microsoft has put out another full screen advertisement on the desktop for beat users that says, hey, on July 29th, the free upgrade offer goes away. And so this is about as aggressive as they can get other than forcing it on your machine, which they've already done. But what I think they're trying to avoid, maybe this is kind of like trying to be like the half, the glass half full thing, is that they're like, look, we know that on July 30th, my birthday, by the way, they're going to get people complaining. It's like, I thought Windows 10 was free. And well, it was. It was free for a very long time. It's free for a year. And people, if you didn't upgrade, you're out of luck. So if you're, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you'd be waiting for at this point. Um, the only odd thing is that if you do upgrade to, let's let's say you're a casual mom, soccer mom or whatever, soccer dad, not to be gender discriminating, and you upgrade on July 28th, it's like, great, yeah, you get the November build. And then three days later, you've got to go through another massive upgrade to get the um, August 2nd anniversary update. I don't know. Whatever. That's just the way Microsoft is doing it. I would have thought that they would have extended it to August 2nd so that you only had to do, I don't know, whatever. I guess it doesn't really make a difference if you update on July 27th. It's still not out. But that's just, I don't know, July 29th, upgrade. You know, it's like uh, upgrade or bust. That's really about it. So, oh, so one of the things that I wrote about up on Throt this week, I think it was this week, I think it was Sunday or Monday. Uh, so a lot of people are seeing this July 15th pop-up. And if you if you run Winver, if you're not familiar with that, uh, just Bing it. It's just Winver. It tells you your Windows version. It also tells you the expiration date or what some people call the time bomb. And a lot of people are seeing July 15th. I have October on my builds, um, but there's quite a few people who are seeing 7:15, saying, "Hey, your build's going to expire. You better do something." And Microsoft addressed this, and it says, uh, and I quote: "If you are seeing a notification pop up once a day that started on on July 1st." Saying that your Windows evaluation copy expires on 7.15, don't worry, this is a superfluous dialogue and your OS won't expire. The dialogue will be going away soon. So what they're going to do is they're going to push into probably likely another insider build that will replace the Winver and you'll be all good to go. But there were some people who were um, kind of freaking out. So if you had that. So then the next thing is, so what happens like August 3rd, right? Microsoft... Microsoft pushes the button and they all celebrate and probably get... <laughs> um, I'm going to drop some memes in here or whatever. Um, Dranks, if you saw, there was a Microsoft recruiting email that went out. And uh, I guess we should address this real quick. So there's a Microsoft recruiting email out that went out. It, it is legitimate, by the way. And it was sent by, obviously, somebody, I would guess, trying to either... Who was either in their, like, young 20s or somebody who's older trying to attract people like interns. It was sent to interns in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it said, um, come hang out with us. You can have a lot of dranks, D-R-A-N-K-S. They can play beer pong, um, hella noms. And it was really just written in like the most millennial way uh, and annoying way as possible. Now, Microsoft came out and said, hey, this isn't like the quality stuff or whatever. But you know what? I would have loved if Microsoft would have come out and said, you know what? 
we're just trying different things to see what attracts people to our company. And this was one. And you know what? Next time we might send something else in Klingon or whatever. I wish they kind of just just would have embraced it rather than be like, uh, we're just going to never do that again. I mean, it was very cringeworthy. There's no shame or other way to describe it. But they could have made it better by saying, you know what? We tried something and it didn't work out. But instead they were like, okay, we'll never do that again. We'll keep it super uber professional. Uh, but anyways, so the question is, what happens on August 3rd? Are you going to get some Helenoms and drinks at Microsoft, or what do they do? And obviously, August 3rd is probably not the, the perfect date. But what's next for Windows 10? So I know personally that Microsoft is already in the planning stages, obviously, for Redstone 2. Um, even actually Redstone 3, and there's some groundwork even potentially on Redstone 4. Those terms get tossed around quite a bit internally about where things are going to fall. So Microsoft is looking um, That's potentially 3 three years out about the development path for this. So Redstone 2, let's start talking about it. Uh, we believe it's gonna arrive in the spring. I've actually heard late spring. Um, we'll see when it actually arrives. And we're hearing a hardware refresh along with it. And it should be another large update, not like the November update uh, 1511, which was kind of small. This should be another large update. And what's it gonna include? It's gonna include a lot of the features that were cut for Redstone 1, such as cloud files. Cloud files are, I believe, the placeholders uh, replacement for OneDrive that did not make it into Redstone 1. At least they have not shown up yet, and I don't think they're going to drop that on us here anytime because that is a significant feature that requires a lot of fundamental low-level work. So expect that. Um, cloud files are still there. You can still poke around and find them. Um, Hacksode or Walking Cat on Twitter loves to poke around and say, hey, Brad, they're still there. They're still working on them. Uh, but I just don't expect to see them showing up in RS1, which they're originally scheduled for. There were some other features that were originally around. I don't know the current status. I get this asked probably every week about a UWP file explorer. I don't. I haven't heard anything about it yet. So I would maybe Redstone 2 if we're lucky. We will see. But anyway, so what happens? So they start. Um, they start the process starts all over again. They start laying out the features they're going to build, laying out the timetables, laying out when features have to be done by, and. I'm expecting it to be very, very similar to what we saw with uh, the anniversary update where we had this big break and it will be later in the year if we're if we're kind of lucky um, before we start seeing brand new things. Now, that doesn't mean we don't start seeing uh, carryovers from Redstone 1 showing up, but let me also toss this kind of caveat in there. August is a very big travel month for Microsoft. They just had their year end June 30th and typically during the month of August is when a lot of people take vacations. Obviously because look, if you're an engineer and developer, you pick up um, you know, you had you had a hell of a time all the way up until about mid-July. Then after mid-July, you you press the big button, it ships, and you kind of wash your hands and say, okay, we're on to the next thing. And so that's a great time for a lot of these people to take vacations. And it tends to clear out late summer and real hardcore development work begins, um, you know, early fall. So that's kind of what's on next for Windows 10. And other crazy things going on in Microsoft, not really too much. I was actually looking through and I was like, man, July 4th really kind of cramped down on this stuff, but you think about it, we're in the boring stages. If you're an insider, if you're on the fast ring, this is the boring time, to be honest, because it's like, hey, we're done. Um, insiders like myself, I love new stuff, new features, even if they're half working, it's, yeah. Um, I don't know, this is kind of the boring time because we don't get anything new. It's just all about stability and getting it shipped to everybody, which is great, don't get me wrong, but it, it's not the beta life that many of us like to live. So... Yeah, that's kind of what's going on. Um, digging through some other stuff. Actually, 
kind of a sentimental moment for me. Um, this podcast turns one year old in two days. I initially launched it on July 10th. And yeah, so I can't believe I'm still doing it a year. When we initially, or when we, when I started it, there were a lot of unknowns. It was, can you do a podcast with just one person? Um, should I add another host? And there were a lot of things going on. At that time, it was about the time I knew I was potentially leaving Neoin. So it didn't make sense to add somebody from Neoin because then if I left, then you have that awkwardness. And so I just started doing it by myself. And it I think it works because like this show is just about to hit the 30-minute mark, roughly. And it's the opposite of Windows Weekly. Don't get me wrong. I love what Paul and Mary Joe do. It's a great show, but it's also two and a half hours. And I can't I couldn't sit through it. So I was like, why don't we make something that's a little bit more condensed and as Greg points out, yes, we can have some drinks now because we lasted a year. And I don't think we're going anywhere. I mean, we're really ramping this stuff up. Blue Whale Web is getting majorly behind this podcast. Um, and just because, again, I love stats and transparency about whatever. So this show on SoundCloud um, has 150,000 plays. And on YouTube, we just crossed the 800,000 minute mark of people watching it. So on an average week, about 5,000 to 5,500 people will listen to the show. And I apologize to every single one of you for listening to me. Actually, I sincerely appreciate it. And if you guys have any feedback about things I should be doing, um, new segments or whatever, seriously, just shout out. Just let me know. Like, I, I'm always looking to improve. And if you go back and watch the first show, actually, you, you may not be able to because I actually used to use a service called Mixler uh, before I started using YouTube Live. And it worked and it still had some benefits, but it was a hot mess. I had a crappier webcam. I didn't have a good mic. The lighting was off. I had no idea what I was doing. And so now we legitimately just put up new lighting. We have more lights to come. Uh, I'm getting higher end video and audio. So it's, it's growing up. Uh, no, David, I will not dance because one, I'm sitting two, I don't have enough dranks in me to dance <laughs> at this time. So on that note, I appreciate everybody who's listening. And one last kind of thing here is so I, I bought a car yesterday. Um, <laughs> actually we bought a car for my wife and it's interesting. So I've, this is the first new via, brand new vehicle we ever bought, uh, Ford Escape, uh, Titanium, and it has actually Apple CarPlay in it. And surprisingly, this was a big feature for my wife. And one of the reasons I liked it is Ford wanted $900 for uh, navigation. And I think this is a market that's going to completely collapse. Because if you have Apple CarPlay or Android Auto and you plug it in to Ford Sync 3, which supports both, then you can use your phone as a GPS and you can use Google Maps or we have to use Apple Maps, which is if I die on a roadside accident in this car, you will know why because of Apple Maps. But what I think is more interesting about this is Ford specifically uh, was very deep with Microsoft. They used to use Ford Sync um, 1 and 2 and yeah. Ford Sync 1 and 2 used to run on the Microsoft platform. I can't, it, the name is slipping me, but it was called Sync. But my, it was Microsoft Power because Steve Ballmer, uh, I believe Steve Ballmer's father worked for Ford. I actually think on the factory line or something like that. So Microsoft and Ford were always very tied together. Steve Ballmer is very low, a billion dollar guy, and he drives a Ford, I think, F-150. So we bought the Escape for my wife. And we plugged it in and it works. And it makes me more concerned about how Microsoft is going to compete in this world because they don't have a mobile platform. Ford just dumped what Microsoft was using, uh, the Microsoft Sync. 
and there's not a lot of reason for them to go back now that Android or Apple and Android are kind of making in it, making, you know, make big steps in it. So I'll be curious. Um, I don't know. I might do a write up about the Apple CarPlay. I don't, I don't think I've ever done one before. But it's interesting to see Microsoft was actually on the leading edge. This has happened many times in Microsoft's history. Look at the tablet, the XP days. Microsoft had a tablet, Windows XP. They had one. And it, I don't know if it was poor execution. They were too early. It didn't work out right. And now, you know, they're back in the tablet game, but they struggled for quite a while. And this is the same thing that's happening in the auto space. They were there. They had Ford. They had it for years. Now, granted, people, a lot of people hated the thing. Um, they really didn't like it. It was slow, it was clunky, and that's supposedly why they left. I think Ford actually moved to Qnix, which is actually a BlackBerry platform to build it out, and I can tell you it's responsive and it's great and it works. So it'll be interesting to see what Microsoft is able to do in the automotive space. And I wonder if we'll actually hear any more about that because at their partner conference, it's kind of partnery stuff, but that's, I digress. So anyways, I'm out next week, uh, Monday through at least Wednesday morning. And if you guys have any questions about Throughout Premium, about the show, about where we're going, things to do and improve, always happy to hear it, always happy to solicit feedback. And I appreciate you guys watching. And here's to another great year. Have a good weekend.